Phantasm. Maximum Terror. That's your target audience, baby! Phantasm. You know something? I sort of enjoyed it. Phantasm. Sell the metal! Sell the metal! Sell the metal! Sell the metal! What the fuck is up, and welcome to the Phantasm Podcast. I'm Corey Gorkreis. With me, Dr. Vincent West. Or Reverend West, as we figured out last time when we watched <laughs> Yes, he's now Dr. Reverend, Re- Reverend West. MD. It's a tongue twister. It is. No, it's silliness. How are you, sir? I'm good. Uh, we're here with our good old streaming friends at Tubi. And, uh, Doctor, what film do we have as we see the one and only Christopher Lee on the screen here? We're watching Howling 2, Your Sister is a Werewolf. Party time! Ow! It's the rocking, shocking, new way of horror. Howling 2. It's not over yet. With Sybil Danning and Christopher Lee and Reb Brown that used to play Captain America when I was small. That's awesome. I didn't know that he was in this. Uh, 1985. I love this movie. It's really good. I'm assuming this is the uh, Scream Factory print of this. With well, that's out of print. So who, yeah. who knows whose print this is? Right. But usually... That's what Tubi puts on here because they have all their stuff. Well, they probably got the master from them. Yeah, yeah. So, but they lost a lot of. So when MGM got bought, absorbed by Amazon, I think it was weird because Sony had a lot of the MGM catalog, and I think that's what knocked out a lot of Scream Factory, like Blu-rays, out yeah. of print. Because you're seeing a lot of stuff get reissued in 4K, like Return of the Living Dead, and and uh, right. Um, trying to think of another MGM they reissued Red Dawn, uh, Shout Select, but still same flavor. So I think Amazon's cool about physical media. So them and Screen Factory together partnered up pretty well. But unfortunately, this movie was a casualty because the Blu-ray I have this is worth about a hundred bucks. Damn. Um, which I got at Fye with you when they were going out of business. I remember that. I was up visiting you in 2016 or 17. Correct. Um, but yeah, I love this movie. It's a good print of it too. I can already tell this is, this looks like the Blu-ray print I have. 
not 4K, but definitely 2K. Good print of it. Yeah, you know? yeah. It's a good restoration. Um, but yeah, I love this movie. Um, this movie's really campy. And honestly, the first and second Howling movies are really the only good ones. I agree, yeah. Anything after that, as much as I hate to say it, is just, it's a little too B horror for me. I just can't. Yeah. I just can't do it. And this movie's really campy, too, but this movie's also just a lot of fun. It is fun. So I guess it's a... I saw it at a drive-in with my uncle. And I'm pretty sure you can see Sybil Danning's tits in it. Um, (laughs) Most likely, if it's a Halloween Future Mr. Skinless. There's like a werewolf orgy that happens in this movie. Yep, spoiler alert on that. You can see werewolf orgy, so... Yep. Yeah. If you guys aren't watching this and following along with us on your streaming apps or your home media, uh, be sure to follow along so you don't, you know, feel like that's a, a fun little medium for you to listen to us. Yeah. Talk over the film while you watch it as well. So, be prepared for some nudies and some uh, werewolf orgies. That's a good way to. Or oh, yeah. you can hear Start about clicking. a movie you've never seen or you have seen while you're at work, listening to it in the privacy of your ears on your earbuds. Exactly. So I guess a little synopsis for you. Uh, a man discovers that his sister was a werewolf and helps an investigator track down a gang of monsters through the United States and Eastern Europe. And right now they are in Los Angeles. So we'll see where this movie goes. America. Yeah, America. America. So we'll see here. We'll do some little... Okay, did I say it that way? No, I didn't. Uh, just a little trivia stuff. Uh, there's not really any on this movie there's a very little about the stuff on here Unless, I, actually I think it's all just uh, in one paragraph even though there's a bunch of stuff okay here we go oh no never mind there's like a lot of shit that, that priest looks like the actor that plays Giles from Buffy the Vampire Slayer but I don't think that's him I'm not sure I didn't see him ah, It's not. there's no way in hell the, the age wouldn't match up but Let's see, uh, the first little tidbit. I love Buffy. It's a good show. Um, Start with the trivia here. IMDb. You can all look it up on there if you want and read whatever. Whatever you want to do, I'll read it for you. Uh, Director Felipe Mora didn't know that Sir Christopher Lee was a war hero in Czechoslovakia. This was not something he was allowed to talk about, but during World War II, he was part of an intelligence agency and so when they showed up to film this movie in Czechoslovakia, he was greeted with a hero's welcome at the airport when they arrived. That's when Felipe first round out about his past, how he had been involved with killing one of the top Nazi officials, Reinhard Heydrich, and everything. Felipe couldn't believe it. One day he took Felipe to Prague to visit a church. He remembers Sir Christopher Lee saying, Dear boy, please come with me and let me tell you about what I've seen. And then he took Felipe inside... Uh, to the basement and proceeded to tell him a story about how this was the place where people had been trapped by the Nazis and some very terrible things occurred there. It was such a profound moment for Felipe, or Philippe, whatever, I, I'm going to say Philippe, uh, because he realized just from where Christopher's uh, gravitas came, he had seen true horror firsthand in his lifetime, and he used that in his performances. He was also a Nazi hunter for a couple of years after World War II, Christopher lives uh, such an intriguing and complicated life. Most people don't have any idea about who he was beyond being such an iconic actor. So I just want to say... He's Dracula and he's a Nazi killer. In real life, yeah. He, he's he's the shit. I, I love Christopher How Lee. How do you not love Chris Lee? Peter Cushing and Chris Lee 
Everyone knows that listens to the podcast. I'm a huge Hammer Horror fan. And and and, and big and big Vincent too. You know, all, all three of those guys are fantastic. Well, big big Vince. So that's more that's more American shit. But I'm right. saying the Hammer stuff. Right. You know, oh, I love Vince Price, but but I, Chris and Peter, man, if they're in it, you know, that's gonna check be good. It out. Yeah. Be Amicus, be Hammer. I prefer the Hammer stuff, but you know, check it out. It's good stuff. Yeah, he's a, he's a cool motherfucker. Did a Christmas death metal album. I mean, the dude just does all kinds of fun stuff. So, I love him because he worked with a band uh, that I like called Rhapsody, um, which has now turned into two bands. There's Rhapsody, Rhapsody of Fire, or whatever. We've never had him on the podcast. I would like to get them at some point because I, they were actually a old school, like traditional power metal band. But sure, Chris, if you guys look up their stuff, Chris I have an ad, 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 a ad, bunch ad. of voiceover stuff. Sorry, ad. He did. Um, no, you're fine. Uh, he did a bunch of voiceover work for when they were Rhapsody. And then later, of course, they would become, there's, there's a Rhapsody and a Rhapsody Fire. It's like hair bands where they were splitting up. There's two different versions. But right. you can probably find that stuff. And he did a bunch of like, I'm talking like long recordings over these overtures for these songs. And I always thought that was cool as shit that he worked with a power metal band. I just thought it was neat. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Chris Lee's Chris Lee's awesome. Yeah, I'm at seven minutes and fourteen seconds. That's where I have it paused. Okay, let me see. We're on a new VIP offer: nineteen dollars pants. Okay, I'm at seven minutes ten seconds. Now you're I'm back. At, now I'm at fourteen seconds. Yes. Okay, I'm back. Okay. Should be the concert yep. of the band. Yep, they're a party band. Um, got some more trivia here. Sir Christopher Lee stated in an interview at the time of this movie's American release that his reason for accepting the role was because he had never before appeared in a werewolf movie. So, gave the fans that. Uh, Sybil Danning was tired of having to go topless or nude so often in her movies and wanted to remain clothed for this one. The producers disagreed, but in the end, a compromise was reached where Danning would do a single topless shot. She was very angry on watching the finished film to find that the ending credits featured this shot no less than 17 times. <laughs> that's that's pretty awful. Uh, the reason behind Sybil Danning wearing sunglasses was because she arrived on set one day and said she was not sure what to do because she had conjunctivitis. So director Philippe Mora said, here were these sunglasses she uh, protested because the scene was indoors. And Philippe told her, Sybil, you're the queen of the werewolves. You can wear whatever damn well like. Except for clothes. Um, he didn't say that part. I'm saying that. Uh, when the werewolf suits finally arrived for the shoot, they were contained in a crate marked 20th Century Fox Planet of the Apes. Director Philippe Moore was horrified to find it had been sent. They, he had been sent monkey suits. He quickly contacted a producer who replied, you're talented. You'll make it work. Mora tried to get his point across that the monkey suits were impossible to pass off as werewolves, only to have the producer hang up on him. Stuck with monkey suits, so Christopher Lee overheard the dilemma and came up with the idea to help make the ape-looking werewolves work with the improvised line. The process of evolution is reversed. Director Philippe Mora loved the idea and said the movie became noted by one critic for being the only werewolf movie to have the phase man-monkey-wolf. It's fucking stupid. But that's That's kind of funny. Quick point out to everybody, just if you're watching the concert scene, that's a group called Babel, who I really liked. Babel, however you want to pronounce it. I was huh. a huge fan. Love that they did this. Kind of a synth-pop group. Uh, and then I actually have the out-of-print vinyl soundtrack of this movie. Nice. So. 
Uh, the number of times a bearing of Sybil Danning's breast is repeated during the movie's ending. Yeah, we already know that. Thank you. Uh, Sybil Danning went to director Felipe Moore right after the release on DVD for Sony MGM and told him they should do a direct sequel to this movie. She had a treatment already written and passed this to Philippe, who loved the idea. He came back after talking to uh, Gary Brandner, Brandner, author of the Howling Trilogy of Books, and who said that after six Howling movies, they should move on to doing their own new films. Gary, Philippe, and Sybil were partnered to make a new film with the working title of Wolf Project. Uh, this is the only sequel to The Howling from 1981 that directly follows the first movie's events and is also the only Howling movie to feature the input of the original author, Gary Brandner. Despite the fact that this movie is not actually based on his novel, The Howling 2, however, all of Brandner's work for the film was discarded. But this movie's fun. And, and it the is first fun. movie's great. It is good. Uh, the sequels, man, when you get into like three and four and, and on, it's like, ugh, it's just so bad. Those movies are seriously bad. Yeah, it's terrible. Uh, according to director, the director, on a recent commentary, when the crew arrived in Soviet-controlled Prague, he asked the local authority for a location to shoot the werewolf's lair. To his surprise, he was taken to a Catholic church and was shown the church's crypt. <coughs> he loved the location but felt uneasy about doing scenes that contained nudity and killings in a church. So he went to the priest to tell him about what they are going to do, and to much his surprise, the priest gave his permission. He was taken aback and asked the priest, isn't this considered desecration? To which the priest replied, absolutely, but we've been asking the Soviets to allow a bishop from the Vatican to come visit us for years, and now they have uh, two for sanctification. The next day he received a call from the priest informing him that he called the Vatican and they gave him the go-ahead. Philippe also said that the Soviets were impressed with him for not caring about shooting in a religious building as they disliked the church and would do anything to annoy the Vatican. Very interesting political standing in this movie, too. Yes, it is. Uh, director Philippe said that Christopher Lee, Sir Christopher Lee felt that Reb Brown and Annie McEnroe were so bad in their roles that Lee was often offset frequently in a way as if he were wishing himself away from being in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh. The first draft by, by the author, Gary Branner. Ooh, there's some good... Some good uh, severed hand action there. Uh, the first draft was closer to his book, The Howling 2, according to director Joe Dante. The original script by Brander also featured on the first page the woman walking her dog named Dante, showcasing the author's dislike toward the director after he publicly criticized the 1977 novel, The Howling, claiming that the movie was The Howling was an improvement over the book. Which it may have been. Yeah, we already got some good werewolf action here. Sybil Danning is not looking uh, very attractive right now. No. She looks like a like a genital wart. Uh, Joe Dante, director of The First Howling, was never offered a chance to direct this movie. The rights to the book, The Howling 2, was owned by one of the producers and by Gary Bradner. The author of the book, Bradner, who was not a huge fan of Dante at the time, was not likely to consider him making the sequel after displeasure with the director, loosely adapting the first Howling novel. Jesus Christ. The movie goes zero to a hundred real quick. Love it. And there's the ape suit. Looks a little convincing so far. Yeah, she looks disgusting. Oh, love. Not a fan of that. 
there were plans to have the character Marsha Quist from The Howling return in this movie. However, Elizabeth Brooks did not want to do this, according to rumors that she had been just diagnosed with brain cancer. It's very sad. Or, according to another account, she was not too thrilled with her nude scene in the first movie. According to one website, director Joe Dante assured her she would be pretty much concealed by the fires and the miracles of trick photography. However, she was quite rather surprised to see herself in living color in that shot. Needless to say, she was not happy. So Marsha Quist was replaced with the character Mariana, played by Marsha A. Hurst. So, even replaced her with another Marsha. That's fucked up. Uh... Gary Brenner is the author of the Howling Novels, co-wrote the screenplay for this movie. However, when he left the project to meet a publishing deadline, all of his work was discarded by Robert Sarno, who took his own unproduced script about vampires, replaced them with werewolves, and turned it in. Pretty fucked up stuff in this movie. Are they sitting on a couch talking to Chris Lee standing? Yes. Perfect. Uh... The MPAA would not allow a movie to have the word bitch in the title, so the film had to be renamed for U.S. release. The various subtitles considered for the movie included Sturba, She-Wolf, Bark the Moon, and It's Not Over Yet, used for the U.S. trailer, before Your Sister is a Werewolf somehow won out. Uh, The director was making Death of a Soldier. He got a call from the producers asking if they could repeat the shot of Sturba ripping off her top during the ending credits. Moore thought it would be a great idea and agreed. What he did not expect for is the producers to repeat it 17 times. So it goes back to that a lot. Uh, the director stated the image of Sybil Danning wearing the sunglasses as Sturba was so iconic in this movie that this started the trend in the 1980s horror movies where sunglasses became common, most notably in The Lost Boys. Not sure about that. Uh... Yeah, shooting in the then-controlled Soviet, uh, Soviet-controlled Prague and Czechoslovakia. The director's government-assigned assistant director knew nothing of filmmaking. Mora had to literally import trash from America to clutter the clean communist streets. When a local casting call went out looking for punks, a thousand individuals arrived, resulting in the local authorities calling in both the police and the military. Mora was advised by an army colonel, you can finish shooting the scene, but they will have to leave in groups of no more than three. Uh, the constant changes the producer wanted on the script was the reason why Gary Bradner had to quit being the writer for this movie. It was taking up so much time to change the locations from the original setting in the book to Spain and then to Yugoslavia that the deadline on his book contract was approaching. After he left to finish his book, Robert Sarno was hired and subsequently threw out everything he had written. We already read about that. The horror movie was inspired by new wave eroticism, according to the director. I love these like werewolves on TV right now. It's actually pretty funny. Uh, the film was released six years after its source novel, upon which it was only very loosely based on, had been first published in 1979. Uh, the Howling 2 film is largely unrelated to the novel, uh, though it does introduce Eastern Europe customs and Romani into its werewolf mythology like the book. Uh, so, does it say which original Planet of the Apes film these are from? Uh, it does not. Not yet, anyway. Let's see. Because I, I find that very intriguing. The only other movie written by Robert Sarno is Decoy, which is another werewolf movie that was from like... I mean, I don't know how much I've ever... 95 or something. On this podcast, how much I love the original five Planet of the Apes movies. Oh, they're great. I'm a huge fan. 
Sir Christopher Lee handled silver bullets in this movie, in the James Bond movie, The Man with the Golden Gun, as a uh, Scaramanga. He had custom-made gold bullets manufactured. So now he's the man with the silver bullets in this one. Uh, silver gun. That's right. The character Karen White appeared in the first Howling, which was D. Wallace. Uh respectively, and with the character being called Karen Marie White in this movie. Uh, but she doesn't. she's not in this movie. Christopher Lee and Marsha Hunt were in Hammer's Dracula, A.D. 1972, which is my favorite. Yes, they were. My favorite Hammer film and Christopher Lee movie. Now, there are six sequels of this thing. I didn't know there was that many. I've only seen up to four, mm-hmm. and, they, and they suck. Um... They just get progressively worse, to be honest with you. (laughs) I mean, and I'm not saying that to be a dickhead. It's just the truth. Now, Christopher Lee and Red Brown appeared in Captain America 2. Okay, well, that's it for the trivia on that. Some other stuff, but it kind of just... The problem with some of this is people just can go in and enter whatever. And a lot of times it's just like repeating a lot. So, apologize for that. Sometimes you just get rewording of the same fucking thing, so... Check out some other stuff, though. Let's see. Um, It's released in August 28th, 1985 in France, and not till December 1985 in the U.S., Let's see. I'm trying to get some numbers here. Put that Bloody Mary on there, Captain America. <laughs> he does. He's got a big. He's got a tall glass of it. That's the way to do it, there, Cap. He was actually a great Captain America, in my opinion. He was good. He's good. See, this says it was released July July fourth, nineteen eighty six, in the U.S. So we need to be doing eighty six. That's what it says on here. All right, well then we're doing nineteen eighty six, kids. But it says nineteen eighty five was when it was released overseas first. So I don't well, know. Well, you know what? We have more overseas listeners. I think we should stick with eighty five. I do too. I think we should do eighty five. I've got a break in two, one now. I'm paused. Oh, as soon as I paused it, it broke on me too. Okay. I guess we're both on an ad. Thing with Tubi, folks, it's free, but there's ads. If we're, if we're both rocking and rolling, it'll interrupt what the fuck we're talking about because it'd be like, ad, ad, ad. So when you hear that, it's because we're watching a free app here. Yeah, you gotta kind of just, and we're you know over the phone. We can't see each other's screen. We're not on a fucking All right, if he's video a- call like half these jackasses that do interviews like I do, and they want to film the goddamn interview and put it on. A yeah, it's like we're stupid. we're a, a podcast. We're not a video podcast, and he's in Florida. You pause it. Yeah, pause it. I'm still. I'm about to be back. I'm back right now. I'm back right now. 2015. We need to sync up at 2015. Are you paused? I am. He's like holding the bullets. Just tell me when to go. Right now. 
Okay. It's holding the bullets. Uh, the original HBO Thorn Tape release is dark and unwatchable as well as cut. The cable version is bright and clear and features European folk music over the formerly silent end credits, but cut. The Republic Lemire tape release is bright and clear, almost too bright in some suspense scenes. It was the longest version in existence until the release of the MGM DVD, which is not only on cut and widescreen, but is bright, clear, and watchable. The Republic Lemire tape bears the retitling Howling to Sturba, Werewolf Bitch while the DVD and the other VHS versions are still titled Howling 2, Your Sister is a Werewolf. You dated that werewolf bitch. I've dated a couple of werewolf bitches. It happens, and that's why he has Dr. West. Just like the great, late, great Christopher Lee, I hunt them down and kill them for him. He does. In the dead of With night. With bullets. Yep, in the dead of night. Or the brightness of day. That's right. Wherever okay, you I'll find kill them, them in human form. <laughs> you'll kill them where you find them. <laughs> and then I leave them where I find them. Yeah, you leave them where you find them. Uh, I guess we can go some do some goofs here. Those are always fun. When, Chris, when Christopher Lee reads from the book of Revelation, his Bible is open near the middle, but this book is the last book of the Bible. Visually, it probably wouldn't have looked as good if the book was open to the end. Plus, balancing it in his hand with all the weight on the one side would have been difficult. It's just stuff that, you know, it's obvious that you just make do and, and understand sure. what they're trying to do, you know. Uh, the rifle that Ben was given by Stefan in the church, Stefan tells him that it belonged to Vasile, appears in the following four scenes to be the exact same rifle Ben was carrying to the cemetery in L.A. earlier in the movie. Ben starts driving the car after Stefan stabs the woman lying in the road, not having been shown to have removed the body from the road however he appears to drive straight ahead instead of steering around the body I would have done the same thing uh, during the scene when Vasil eliminates the sentry Ben is talking to Vasil in a normal voice however considering they were close enough to the sentry that Vasil a dwarf was able to successfully dispatch him by the way of throwing a knife into his chest the sentry ought to have heard Ben's undampened speech that's just a little nitpicky stuff here but also fun I don't see like budget stuff on here I was wanting to see you might want to try uh, Wikipedia. I did. I didn't say it. Usually that lists it too, but there's no, no there's no, there's no budget for this that I'm seeing. I wasn't trying to summarize. Oh, you're good. Yeah, that's why I'm bouncing around trying well, to look problem, for this. Here's my problem with internet movie database when you're looking up stuff. I'm going to give you kids a really good example of how dorky I am. I was watching. I've been really into the show Wings recently from my childhood. 90 show about these uh, Boston like airplane pilots on this island. And in the show, the chick that plays Ron Swanson's, it's his wife in real life, the actor, but she plays Tammy on Parks and Recreation. She was in a fucking episode of Wings I was watching. Interesting. And I knew it was her, right? Good IMDb, nothing about it. Started digging a little deeper on the internet. It was her. Nice. So sometimes you've got to really dig if you're wanting some obscure shit. Yeah, you just have to travel through the, the portals the, of the yeah, fucking internet. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I knew it was her. Um, but yeah, it, I I know that's completely random. That story has nothing to do with what we're talking about. But it's just it was inaccurate, is what I'm saying. So. 
don't always expect the internet to have concrete proof of something. You always research it. Yeah, have a bunch of sources, not just one, you know. Especially on actors. Like, I, I find that a lot of times they miss stuff, so. Oh, yeah. I want to know what fucking Planet of the Eight movie they got these suits from. I don't know. I'd say it's probably the most recent if they just handed it over to them. Well, the most recent would have been 70s. So it yeah. would have been Battle for the Planet of the Apes, which I think is 19... Shit, let me look it up. <laughs> they do look crazy. I think, that, I, th- I think that one's like 78 or 79. Yeah, I think you're right. I was way off. It is 1973. Oh, wow. So, way off there, kids. But, great movie. But that, that means that those fucking suits are over fucking 10 years old. Yeah. Oh, another fun fact. That guy laying there that he's about to fucking impale, when he was first changing, he looked like a fucking, a fucking anus with warts. <laughs> yeah, they they're very warty looking. Uh, he was just anal wart face. <laughs> They're very anal warty. Uh, so that is known as werewolves. old anal wart face. And werewarts. Don't sleep with a werewolf you get werewarts in your anus, even if you didn't have any anal contact. Rectal contact. Because, yeah, they, they do look very warty in this movie. Not bad. Oh, no, I'm talking before he changed. Like There was a quick snippet of him. Ooh, and he was he was, was Captain Ward Anus. <laughs> those like hairs and shit. That's gross. Now he's just a regular old guy. He looks like fucking somebody that's on like a, a fucking coffee ad. <laughs> he's like, come get your fresh morning coffee. <laughs> he looked like the Dos Equis guy. Yeah, kind of. The most interesting man in the world. Is right. a dead werewolf. Sorry mm-hmm. about it, dude. I don't remember the tagline from Dos Equis. I haven't seen one of those commercials in forever. Yeah, I don't think they really do that anymore. Not with him, no, yeah. It's just like... They just don't do it. I don't think... Dude, the last time... I'm glad you actually brought that up. I love me some Cerveza. The last time I drank that stuff, it made me sicker than shit. Yeah, some of it does, man. It... It's hard. No, just techies. I'm saying, and this wasn't that amber shit. This was just a straight up green bottle. Made yeah. me very sick. You get DOS Yakis. Well, it wasn't even that. I was just DOS nauseous, you know? <laughs> Noshekis. Yeah. It was just, <laughs> Enough about that. I don't even want to talk about it. It's gross. I love that skeleton. Yeah, it's pretty cool. I need one in my house. I need that as a toilet. I mean, this, this all looks very exorcist to me. Yeah, it does the architecture and stuff. Now they're just showing in, all the different. Well, it just feels like he was Prague, I guess. Yeah, homaging that, you know. I need that little skeleton to flush my toilet. Yeah, it's cool. Looked like, like I had like a little toilet flusher on it. It was flushing. Like, all right, I'm done. It's like little. It's pl- the it's the Halloween Tom Brady. <laughs> Damn right, it, it is. Flushes the toilet. Flush the toilet. We got a nice little train here. So I would like to go to uh, 
frog. It looks pretty nice. Now you see her bearing her titties already. See, here's here's my thing with foreign travel. If I had a guide with us that like worked for you and me and was getting paid, sure, I wouldn't just go there by myself. By us, but no, hear me out. And and he knows where to go, where to hang out, what's safe, what's going to do, where to spend money, where to buy shit, where to do this, where this safe, whatever, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Right. And as long as it wasn't during the winter, yeah, in that country then I would be very interested in going there in like warm 70, 80 degree weather like this looks like and chilling. Oh, yeah. However, I have zero interest in going there just me and Mr. Corey Gorechrist here on a on a on some kind of bastard adventure with no funds and we end up like fucking Corey gets killed on the moors. I become a fucking werewolf. He haunts me the whole time till he rots. And then I fucking end up getting shot. <laughs> it's like, I love you. Well, I'm dead. You know? Yeah. yeah you don't want to just, blue, blue, da, 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 you know, it turns you, into my home. You can't go in blind to a, to a foreign country. You gotta have a lot of planning. That was American werewolf in London. If you could still pick up. Corey knew it was. Yes. But anyway, it's the truth. I got killed by Nazi werewolves and whatever. But I'm just saying that I don't, I would rather, not do it unless we had the finance. Sure. It, like literally have an old school guide with you that we're paying to basically get our hotels, speak the language, get us around, introduce us, you know. Yeah, absolutely. And and, and get us around wherever we needed to navigate through, especially if we were going in like I don't know, meeting with people or whatever. Like, you know, someone to handle our to, to hold us down while we were traveling. Sure. I would love it. I would love to see and travel all over. However, that would require everything that I'm talking about, not only the guy, but we would also need a ton of bread that way we got somebody holding us down while we're traveling. Absolutely. Because I don't fuck around with food, sleep, you know, toiletries, etc. I, I need to have some comforts at home. Don't mind it being a little archaic or a little, or even maybe maybe more modern than, than back home. But I want somebody there with some, uh, you know, fast cash to watch our back, you know? Sure. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that. And I'm into this sex dungeon. Yeah, it's nice. Not that not that creepy old lady, but everything else about it, yeah. No, but I'm into that. I, I saw some chicks in leather, some skirts in leather, you know? Yeah, werewolves know how to party, yeah. You know? We got some Mr. Skinless here. Sorry, God can take us into this place in the middle of the night. I can walk in with my 31, rock hard, uh, 31 my rock hard Floridian dong and, <laughs> you know, pleasure, pleasure me some werewolf cooter. <laughs> 31 minutes, two seconds. You see some topless uh, werewolf broads in this uh, weird sacrifice scene here. <laughs> So there you go. I don't know who they are. It's they're kind of in the background, but there's some uh, topless werewolf women. If you if you're into that, it's there you go. This old lady looks like the witch from is it Snow White, one of those Disney movies. I feel like I know who that dude is. I just can't think. I do too, man. It's is he in the Warriors? Is that who that is? Okay, do you know who I think that is? Who? I bet you, if you look up... Now, I can't say anything else, but I will swear to you it's this actor. 
see if he's in a movie called Seems Like Old Times with Goldie Hawn and Chevy Chase. Okay. See if he's in that. Look for him. That's uh, Judd, Judd Omen. That's who that is. See if that's him. See if see if Dr. West can get this. Seems like old times. Chevy Chase, Charles Grodin, Goldie Hawn. The fuck's this bitch doing? Because if it is, he's one of the bank robbers. Yep, and he, sure, he sure is. And guess who is guess who his robbing partner is? The guy that played Gal Ducat. Oh, amazing! From from fucking Deep Space Nine. Amazing. Mark Alamino. Yeah. Ooh, this is. Cool. So that is him. Yep, his name is da- uh, Dex. Seems like old times, nineteen eighty. It's a great movie, by the way. If y'all have never seen it, where I know him from, it's a little movie called uh, Red Dawn. Oh, okay. He's a Nicaraguan captain. That's awesome. And he's in Dune. He's Jameson Dune. Yeah, I vaguely remember that. And we got some Sybil Danning here. Leave it to Dr. West to come up with the most obscure thing in the world. Sybil Danning titty time. Uh, He was also in three episodes of The A-Team as Dennis Lazarus. Amazing. Uh, Freddy's Nightmares. He was in Chud 2, Bud the Chud. Love that movie. Um, yeah, that's all. No, he was in Pee Wee's Big Adventure, too. He was Mickey in that. Yeah, he is. Yeah, yeah. It's <laughs> <laughs> pretty funny. It's my favorite Tim Burton movie. It's good stuff. That and the 89 Batman, of course. But oh, yeah. That. But I sure. love the first Pee Wee movie. It's great. Yeah, here's some more orgy stuff. Sybil Danning's big, I knew big that cannons. was him. I knew that was him from Sims. I figured it was him. And it was, kids. I was right. Need Dr. Fr- West on pointless film knowledge you'll never need. Need to be front. Well, there's right there you can see uh, Marsha's titties poking out of her shirt. That's 34 minutes, 36 seconds. I see Marsha Hunt's uh, right nippy. There you go. It's just a weird way to showcase that. I, mean, I thought they showed Sybil Danning's tits. Maybe they don't. Not till the end, apparently. That's really annoying. Yeah. Well, that's 17 times. They definitely make up for it. I mean, that's what people know her for. Sir John Tits. Yeah. Well, I guess this is the movie she chose where she was tired of it and didn't want him to do it. And they're like, okay, we won't do it. I mean, there's her tits. Yep. It's Marsha Hunt's boobies. The dude from fucking seems like old times is enjoying it. Yeah, he he's enjoying new times. I think he just enjoyed it in his pants. <laughs> he looks like he just spooged his pants. Yep, they're having a fun time here at the Werewolf Orgy. Don't have my invite yet, but I would like uh, somebody to invite me. It'd be nice. Where's the Werewolf Orgies? They look like a fun time. Uh oh. Oh, there you go. You got some Sybil Danning boobage, 35 minutes, 57 Nine, eight, seconds. Seven, six, five, four, three. Ah! 
two, one, commercial. 36 minutes and six seconds. I have an ad to. Right when she pulls her tits out, they go to a fucking ad about, like, horseback riding. Actually, mine's Taco Bell with two. Mine's uh, Farmer two Wants a Wife. That, that, that don't have their Call of Duty points, and they need their, they need their mix shit and their fucking... They need their uh their Baja Blast uh, codes. For Call okay, Duty. I'm back on. I'm not. Pause it. I'm on Hardy uh, Inspirations. By I'm at 3609. Okay, I can't believe right when Sybil Danning pulled her fucking knockers out that they put fucking ads on here. It's like my. I think f- you should rewind that. I'm going to rewind it to her tips. Yeah, we need it. We need to rewind on that. So whoever's watching. Yeah, we'll go back. Uh, go back to... 3601. 3601. Let me know when you're there. Mine is paused. Okay. Damn it. You're good. 3601. Just let me know when you're ready. I'm ready to walk. Is it right on our tits? Let me see. If one tit is exposed, the other one's about to be. This is perfect where okay, I have 3601. it. 3601. Here we go. You ready? Tell me when. Three, Count it down. Three, two, one, two, black. One. Come. Cannon fire. Fire the cannons. Boom. There they are. God damn. And then Christopher Lee's just passed out. Meditating about her amazing tits that he's seeing in his psychic vision. (laughs) Ow. His psychic vision. He's like, killing Nazis were great, but seeing Sybil's tits was quite aroused. (laughs) It was just as good. The whole time I was killing Nazis, I was thinking about her rack. I'm a Nazi hunter. I'm also a tit hunter. Yeah, you already see her unleash the unleash the children once already. So I'm sure I thought they they made it seem like it was just at the end. They, she didn't want to do any of it. Certainly showed it there. Like now, nah, they're like no, nah, they're not. Uh, they're not going through this whole movie without seeing your boobs. You're gonna have to show them a little bit. Should we do Chuck? We can do Chuck, yeah. Uh, Christopher Lee just stabbed an old lady. That's nice. Killed her. Yeah, straight up. That's what he does. He's a badass. He knows. He knows what he's doing. Uh, yeah, we'll do. Uh, we'll cue up the Chuck here and do altering the future. Altering the future. <laughs> So this is 1986, so we'll take you back to 1986 and uh, share what other movies were out in 1986 the same year as well as the music, which the doctor will cover that. And, uh, you know, we do it all the fucking time, but we'll just go over the same shit, 1986. Uh, I'll just go through the big ones here. You got Stand By Me, you got Highlander, Labyrinth, Little Shop of Horrors, Aliens, uh, Crossroads, that's that blues movie with Ralph Macchio. It's actually a good movie. Uh, Top Gun. Crossroads? Cross, yeah, Crossroads. Yeah, I like that. Uh, Top Gun, Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Wait, uh, are we doing 85 or 86? 86. I thought you said we were doing 85. Oh, I guess we are. Well, those are from 86. This came out. I'll do a couple of these for 86. And we'll do. We'll go back and do so 85. I'm sticking with 85 because you said we do the foreign 85. That's yeah. true. You're right. And now they're actually werewolf fucking, while Sybil Danning's in werewolf mode, flicking her bean. It's kind of disturbing. Uh, I'll name off the other good ones from 86. Just this 
since I'm already on it. Uh, Maximum Overdrive, Cobra, Platoon, Raw Deal, uh, Deadly Friend, Critters, The Wraith, and the Doctor's favorite movie of that year, maybe ever, Thrashing. Then I'll go to 85. That was for the Americans. 1985. I will not, I will not be doing albums from 86, though. No, I just... I fucked up. That's my bad. I forgot. No, you didn't fuck up. You're fine. I'm just saying I'm just not doing it. If you're interested in werewolf origins... No, she looks gross. Yeah, it's disgusting. I'm not even going to... I'm not even going to Mr. Skinless this. It's just nasty. Uh, you got... This is 85 now, people. We're going, we're going to the, the true part here. Uh, we got Clue. We have The Goonies, The Breakfast Club, Rocky Four, House, Fright Night, Legend, uh... Cat's Eye, Silver Bullet, Teen Wolf, Better Off Dead with John Cusack, uh, Day of the Dead, uh, Return of the Living Dead, uh, Commando, you got No Retreat, No Surrender with John claude Van Damme, you got Red Sandra, you got Invasion USA, uh, Jewel of the Nile, Return to Oz, Life Force, Weird Science, Private Resort, and see if there's any any other ones before I just round it off here. Uh, the stuff, Ghoulies, Transylvania uh, Six Five Thousand, Death Wish Three, and. The last movie here, oh, Real Genius, Summer Rental, Pee Wee's Big Adventure. I fucking love Real Genius, man. European Vacation, uh, Fletch. And I'll just go to the last one here to round it out for the Doctor here. Back to the Future. What a fantastic movie. And that's it for me. That's the that's the movie. That was 1985. That list there. So I'm gonna purposely not do hard rock or metal albums tonight because I don't want to. Good. I said we've done this enough times. So this these so years repeat I'm gonna a lot. Stick with some stuff that I love. So we're gonna start with a couple of just different genres here, and I'm gonna do this tonight. So we're gonna start with punk albums from 1985. Fuck yeah, I like that idea. Solid. That I grew up with. You know, so I'm gonna we do a little bit of that. I'm also gonna do some uh, post punk and some new wave for you here in a minute. Love it. Anyway, uh, Dead Kennedys, Frank and Christ. My favorite punk album of all time is that album. It's really good. It's amazing. Uh, the Minutemen, Three Way Tie for last. Uh, the The Descendants, I Don't Want to Grow Up. Love them. Um, in My Head by Black Flag. It's amazing. Um, Government Issue. The fun just never ends. Husker do flip your wig. I consider that more alternative, but whatever. Sure. Um, Psycho candy from the Jesus and Mary chain. I consider Amazing. that uh, shoegazing. I don't really consider yeah. that, I really think but I do like the Jesus and Mary chain. Yeah, they're good. Um, they're good. They have faith in a more in here with we care a lot, which is not a punk album. More alternative, I guess, or rock. Uh, the Replacements are uh, as a band. I also like Paul Westerberg, but this is not a punk thing, so I'm not going to even 
Okay. I'm not even going to go with that when somebody fucks up. Right. My favorite punk album from 1985 is More Beer from Fear. Awesome. Underrated band, too. Uh, yeah, they were incredible. Um, let's see here. Uh, that is not punk. That is not punk. That'd be a little more punk, Internet. Loose Nut from Black Flag. There you go. Uh, that is not punk. Uh, he's sniffing the dude's fucking bag. So that's that. I'm switching to something else. See, trying to bang this chick. He's like, yeah, brother, get it on. Oh, he's gonna do it out in the street now. It's the horny werewolf movie. Well, the first one was too. It had its fair share. All right, here we go. Horny, horny carrying on with more stuff, and this is this is this is more accurate for what Husker Do would be. Husker Do, New Day Rising would be would be considered alternative. That's what that was called when I was growing up. Sure. Um, Tim from the Replacements, the Head on the Door from the Cure, um, Psycho Candy Juice, Mary Chain. So there's that again. Uh, Meet is Murder, which is my favorite album, uh, probably of that year from the Smiths. Uh, Low Life from New Order, uh, Kate Bush, Hounds of Love, which I saw her on that tour. Um, it has nothing to do with something I'm not going to promote on this podcast to people. That's how you know Kate Bush. That's sad. <laughs> you should take your own fucking life. Um, Freaky Stolly from the Red Hot Chili Peppers. When they were good. Uh, Love from The Cult, which is my favorite cult album. Listen Like Thieves from NXS. Who is the best band from Australia? Agreed. Um, let's see here. Wide Awake in America from U2. First, Last, and Always from Sisters of Mercy. Love them. Um, Love them. The Firstborn is Dead from Nick Cave and the Bad Seeds. Um, There's a head pulling. Shaken and Stirred from Robert Plant. Some more of a rock album, but whatever. Um, his dream of teenage heaven, love and rockets, a dead man's party from Wongo Boingo, which was featured in Back to School, which is a movie that I love. I love it. Also, weird science on there. Uh, Aleka Guinea from Cocktoo Twins, one of my favorite bands. I used to go see them all the time before they broke up. And then uh, let's jump into some more fun stuff real quick, and I'll be done. So. See more Christopher Lee's old violent flashbacks. Those are okay. Here, here's some more stuff. Uh, songs from the Big Chair from Tears for Fears, Hunting High and Low from Aha, Little Creatures from Talking Heads, Be Yourself Tonight from Eurythmics. Love the Eurythmics. Um, Welcome to the Real World from Mr. Mister, uh, which I love that record. I had that thing when it was brand fucking new. Uh, Play Deep from the Outfield, which is like their most popular record because of that. Um, Phantasmagoria from The Damned. Nice. Just along with this podcast. Um, <laughs> let's see here. How to Be a Zillionaire from ABC. Rum Sodomy and the Lash from The Pogues. Oh, this is like me going through my cassette collection when I was fourth grade. <laughs> 
Uh, Simple Minds, Once Upon a Time. Simple Minds is a great band. That's good, yeah. Um, uh, Boys and Girls from Brian Ferry. Brian Ferry from one of my favorite bands. He's one of my favorite vocalists. I missed them last year because I didn't know they were goddamn touring when they got back together, which makes me want to fucking puke. <laughs> um, if you all don't know who I'm referring to, then you don't know who Brian Ferry is, and I won't bore you with it. Uh, what is Brian you, Ferry? You don't know where he's from? I can't think of it right now, no. Yeah, he's 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 the... He's the famous famous vocalist for arguably my favorite British band, other than the Smiths, and um, had a little song called "More Than This" that mm-hmm. I like a whole lot. That I made you listen to when we were driving to Florida. Uh, Still not ringing a bell. No. Nothing. Having a total brain fart. No, you're you're totally good. Um, I'm very sick that I missed the tour, but Brian is a fucking genius. Makes me sick to my goddamn stomach. Uh, He, uh, Roxy Music is the band I was referring to. Roxy Music, yes. It's really goddamn annoying. But anyway, um, so that was a newer one for me. I hadn't heard them until we listened to them. I'm a huge fan of that band. Um, They're good. I'm really pissed that they were over here touring, and, and it was like all original members, and I, it just yeah. makes me want to that I missed that. Because I've not been to a concert in a long time, and I actually would have paid a lot of money to see that because I really wanted to see it. Um, anyway, uh, The Dream of the Blue Turtles uh, from Sting. That's his first solo effort after he left the police. Uh, Here's to Future Days from the Thompson Twins, another band that I introduced Corey to. Um, oh, I knew the Thompson Twins. Yeah, but that record that I played, you were like, oh, that shit. record's fantastic, yeah. yeah. So, Falco 3 from Falco, which is my favorite Falco album. Love Falco. Uh, a Dream Into Action from Howard Jones, also incredible album. Very good. Uh, no Jacket Required from Phil Collins. This is all stuff we listen to on road trips, by the way, like pretty much all But, I mean, this is all, I'm just naming stuff from that year. It was <laughs> yeah. very, we're very uh, 85. Uh, Echo and the Bunny Men, Songs to Learn and Sing. It's very good. Um. And then cut the crap from the clash. But anyway, there's some stuff from 1985. I just don't feel like really doing the generic. Yeah, so we, we've done stuff. this. I'm just not really feeling it. We've done this year a lot, so it's always fun to change it up. And for the listeners who, uh, you know, have followed us for a long time, thank you. And also, well, I consider myself a. You've a, heard it a lot. A, a punk guy. I got an ad in six, five, four, three. Two, one, ad. I do too. Well, our ads have been synced up at least. I consider myself a punk kid, though. Growing up, I wasn't. I was. I was into pop stuff, but I was. I was more of a punk kid. I was into. I was a skateboarder when it was not cool, and I was a punker in the eighties, and that's that's my thing. So, yeah, people can label me whatever they want, but that was that was what I was into. So, I will um, say sometimes it was time to do something different and I'm probably going to start mixing that up. You never know. I may just do something completely crazy. I may do, I, I may do polka albums from whatever year we're, we're doing. Yeah. Like I said, we've been doing this six years. We've done 85 to death or 86 even to death. So, you know, it's fun to change it up and, uh, yes. do different things. It's also cool to figure out all the shit that just had come out. You know, we hadn't covered before like those albums. And like I said, while you're reading through them, you read through like, most of the ones you read, but that's shit that we listen to all the time, you know, on road trips. So it's cool because we don't listen to a lot of other stuff. We listen yeah, to- when you pick me up and 
Gulf Breeze, and then we head on into Orlando or Tampa or wherever the hell we're headed in Florida. The yeah. Keys, wherever we're going. Yeah, we just jam out on all, the, of, all that stuff. A lot it's of my all. childhood, a lot of my tape collection from the 80s digitally on his iPhone. iPhone. You know, the Howard Jones and Falco and, and the Colt and, you know, No Jacket Required by Phil Collins. We'll listen to the, the police even, you know, stuff like that. You know, all, all that sure. it's, just, it's great. It's good for the beach to listen to chill music like that and just cruise around, have a good time, you know. Watch Tom, Tom Brady flush the Saints. You know, it's, it's a good time. This. I'm still on an ad. I'm on a proactive commercial. I'm I'm still on ads too. If you can believe that, my ad is for. All right, I'm back now. Uh, are, is this Arby's? No. <laughs> I'm at 49 minutes 35 seconds. That is Arby's. That's gross. He's thinking Arby's. That ad was fucking gross. Now I'm on a Nutra system ad. That's what I had last time. So yeah, at least our ads are generally syncing up this time. There hasn't been one where we haven't. I don't think that. I mean, look, I wish there was a magic dieting thing for people, but people, I'm going to be completely honest with you. If you eat, some people can lose weight, some people can't. Well, the whole thing with eating, it has nothing to do with diet per se. You just got to, you just got to exercise. If you, if you do that mildly, then you'll, you'll be okay. You can maintain weight. You can lose a little bit I'm of I'm back right now. No, I'm not yet. Now I'm back. Forty? Are you at the shows like this? I'm going to sync up. Let's just do a sync up. I'm at forty nine, thirty six. Okay, I'm at thirty five, so we can just do it right there. It's fine. Uh, go ahead and hit play. Cool. So yeah, I'm like a second behind this time. Is that damn skeleton again? Yep. He's flushing uh, my toilet right now at home. The following afternoon, that was kind of funny. A little caption there. Never seen that before. It's got really bizarre dancing going on. I will say this after watching this again. Red Brown, as much as I loved him as Captain America when I was very small in the 70s, he looks completely wooden in this movie. He does. He kind of just looks like just very stoic. He looks like he's like, can I get paid now? I want to go home. Yeah, he's very stoic in this. Like the smiles that he's doing is fake. It's not even even like cool. It's like he just looks looks miserable. Yeah. He looks like he's had like fucking food poisoning or something <laughs> looks like they made him loaded and then the, I, how i've never noticed the dude from fucking and i feel so silly from seems like old times which is one of my favorite chevy chase movies i can't believe that that's the bank robber from it. it's so fucking weird that is weird and he's got a pretty big role in this movie you know he's like the leader of the orgies so that's kind of cool i don't know why, but you know what to be fair i haven't watched this movie in probably four or five years I just haven't. I think it's been longer than that for me. And I thought we had already done an episode. Yeah. So we're done. I think the only werewolf movie we've done is uh, Werewolf in London. I think that's the only one we've done. Well, to be fair, there's not a lot of great werewolf movies. There's not. This is about it. First two of these, maybe Wolfen. I'll give that one, and that's it. I'm not well, really. Fun. I. I mean, like I said, they're they're really bad. There's not really, you know. Like I know a lot of people like that movie Bad Moon. Never been I think a fan that of that. Okay. I think that movie's okay. It's, I don't hate it. It's fine. I don't love it. It's not something I own. You know what I mean? No, no. But I, I mean, it's all right. It's but these are cool. You know the. Even if you can say, I mean, it's not a werewolf movie. You get a werewolf transformation scene in. Uh, 
in Fright Night, even though technically that's kind of like a weird vampire creature thing, but it looks more like a werewolf. I don't know. No, I mean, that counts. Monster Squad's got a werewolf, you know. It's... And Wolfman's got nards, absolutely. It's good stuff, not werewolf. I've never told anybody this, I don't think, ever. But my favorite werewolf ever on screen is the werewolf that's in Monster Squad. Oh, he's awesome. And that was a Stan Winston thing. Yep. And they fucking knocked it out of the goddamn park. In fact, it looks way better than Rick Baker's werewolf in Maricorp London, even <laughs> though I, I agree love that with that. Movie. Yeah. But I really honestly think for just a transformation and a children's PG-13 film that I grew up with that I'm obsessed with, I I would have to say I just think it's the best on-screen like werewolf look that I've ever seen. And it's, it's, of course, it's nostalgic. And by the way, real quick, there were people, uh, I'm not going to say where, but one of the last times we went to a horror convention, there were these assholes wearing these mock mockery, offensive Stephen King rule shirts, and they had changed it to Wes Craven rules. Wes Craven doesn't rule. Stephen King rules. John Carpenter rules. Wes Craven doesn't rule. Not not to Dr. Wes. So don't wear that shirt. If I ever see somebody in it, I'm going to kick in the nuts. <laughs> It's very offensive to me because Wes Craven doesn't rule. Stephen King and John Carpenter rule. Stanley Kubrick rules. And don't mock my movie. You know, especially when you're when you're a hero does a bunch of movies that mock my genre. So I don't I, I'm everyone gives Wes Craven credit for stuff he never did. Like, I, I've never understood that. And I. And, you know, I'm sorry that he's dead and everything, but it's like a lot of the stuff he did, I think, was dog shit. If I've never said that on the podcast, I feel really good. And, Corey, just let you know, this is not an edit moment. I'm just being honest. I, I do not like a lot of his movies. I think he's overrated as shit. Yeah, I'm not really a big fan of his movies. He's only got, like, maybe Look, count on you like hand. the stuff that you do, and a lot of people do because of an age thing, and that's totally cool, and I'm fine with that. But... If you're my age, a lot of that stuff is dog shit, and it and it it does not translate well, and it feels more like a cash grab to me. So when people call him a master whore, it's like when people say it about David Cronenberg. I'm sorry, but I'm going to have to pass on that as well. I'm going to have to do like Tom Brady, and I'm going to have to pass. Yeah, I'm not I'm really a fan of Cronenberg. I'm just not. I think his stuff is all shock value. It's all body horror. I'm not into that. Sorry, doesn't interest me. You know, but I've never understood people really just banging this gong about Wes Craven. It's like, I'm sorry, I just I can't take that journey with you. If people like him, that's fine. But to me, he doesn't hold a fucking candle to Carpenter. It ain't even close. Oh, ain't Carpenter's even close. way more consistent. Well, he's, he's, just, he's better. just better. What he does, his movies are better. He composes the music. I mean, he's just his fucking his going. fucking actors are better. The scripts, it's just better. It's better shit. And he can do something like, I said, like uh, Assault on Precinct Thirteen or Big Trouble. Wes's and, stuff. And Wes I mean, didn't I, really have that ability, you know. To I've I've got to go, and I've never said this on this podcast, but I'm going to just tell people the reality. If you if you ask Doctor West, so. Wes Craven gets mentioned in this Masters of Horror thing. You're not Toby Hooper, who I love. You're not John Carpenter, who I love. You're not Stephen King, who I love. And you know who else you're not? You're not Sean S. Cunningham, who I love. No. 
Because the Friday the 13th stuff, kids, it's not overrated. It's amazing. That's way better and if you're a slasher guy, like me and CG here. Oh, yeah. Then Sean Cunningham, I love him. Sean Cunningham is a master of horror. I agree. So that's the update on that. Wes Craven, very good guy, did some really cool films. I like some of his stuff. Do I think the majority of his stuff, and believe it or not, Mr. Gorkrist, I am not talking about the some of his stuff that you probably think I'm talking about right now. I'm just saying in general, a lot of his stuff, when I was growing up, I just was like, you know, like, like we were on the phone the other day, Corey and I were, and, and he was mentioning that they're putting people under the stairs in 4K. I, that movie's okay. I'm not really been a fan of that. I have a funny story I'm about made that. i that just because it's just kind of a weird, like, 90s kind of, late 80s, early 90s kind of thing. It's like a vibe to it. But I, I mean, I, I hate that he's dead because I think he's an interesting filmmaker, but I would not call him a master of horror. Right. I'm just not going to do that. You know, I'm just not. And people can say what they want about Friday the 13th, one through eight. Minus six, I love them all. Yeah. And six is fun in its own right, Ooh. but it's it's the worst to me. Yeah. <clears throat> and I like I told you, and I've been rambling about this. I apologize for months to our regular listeners, but I've really gotten into the first Friday the Thirteenth. Like they put a four K disc out of it like six months ago, and I've just been fucking into it. It's got a death curse. I'm just into it. Yeah, it's it's classic movie. You know, it's great. It's good early slasher. It's a slasher. Samini Gore. It's just it's good. It's it's good. It's good. It's great. It's fun. It's 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 got a lot of energy. It's fun. I love the rain in it. Kevin Bacon gets killed in it because I don't really care for him. It's just it's fun. It is. It's good. Kevin Bacon is an actor I've never liked. Yeah. I like watch. I like watching that movie to watch him get killed. <laughs> I don't like him in anything. There's not one fucking thing he's ever done that I like. All these people are like, oh, man, he was in that Guardian special. Yeah, and I want him to get killed in it by, by fucking uh, Pamela Voorhees. Can't deal with it. <laughs> don't like him. I don't like him in anything. I, I have never liked him in any fucking thing. You mentioned a movie last night to me, Stir of Echoes. He's pretty good in that. That's his best movie, in my opinion. But a, but a lot of stuff, man, I can't deal with him. Like Footloose, I think that movie sucks. That's another one where I, they're probably getting ready to do a sequel with him in it, and everybody's coming like, it's the best movie I've ever seen. Like they did that top, top Gun Maverick movie, and I'm going to be like, what are you talking about? How do you even watch the first one? This is a cash grab. It's oh, that's right. I forgot they already remade Footloose, and it made a lot of money. But <laughs> the point I'm trying to make is that, you know, the word master of horror, you know, I'm sorry. I don't consider Eli Roth who's all over AMC every year during the Halloween, a master of horror. I think you're a master of running your mouth. Yeah. You're not a master of horror. You want to hear what's funny? Did you know in those Eli Roth things, they never have carpenter on those. Uh, he probably doesn't want to do them. Well, no, they, it's because him and Cronenberg make fun of them on their podcast. They do. <laughs> That's the truth. That's true. You kids can go listen to this. There's episodes, which I believe were recorded, if I'm not mistaken, during during COVID, during 2020, where they're just talking shit about him. And that's fine. Yeah. 
hey, whatever. I'm sorry that y'all don't know good film. You know, I can't help hold someone's hand with that. But, you know, it's <clears throat> Wes Craven to me started the Nightmare on Elm Street franchise, but other people did better stuff with it with the sequels. Yeah. Well, there's some uh, head melting here. It's pretty nice. Yeah, this is pretty nice. I mean, the eyeballs oh, just shot up. Oh, yeah. Good stuff. Good stuff. A lot of good. I just, I think a lot of, you know, like I said, I, I think Sean S. Cunningham. I would I would pay money to hang out with Sean S. Cunningham. Yeah, oh yeah, that'd be great. They should bring him to something. I love him. I would love to pick his brain. I would love to talk to him, love to do an interview with him, love to just shake his hand. I think he's awesome. I mean, at this point, to me, those the fucking Friday movies are fucking the Friday thirteenth movies are iconic. Oh yeah. You know. Toby Hooper had the pleasure of meeting. It was incredible. <clears throat> you know as well as the cast, the original film, huge fan. Um, and, you know, I just, I don't, I don't get it. I don't understand where, you know, where da David Cronenberg to me, like everyone was making a big deal recently on this. I'm a big 4k collector, film collector and physical media collector. People, Oh, they're putting naked arrows, put naked lunch. Who cares? I fucking hate that movie. I've never seen it. It's fucking stupid. It's just a hipster, weird movie. I'm not really a Cronenberg fan. I never have been. But I'm telling you, people are into just this hipster, weird movie shit. This niche market where they're like, oh, I'm weird telling people I'm into Naked Lunch. It's like, you know what? I remember being a projectionist at a theater when that, that movie didn't make any sense when it came out. William S. Burroughs was a drug addict. I don't think William S. Burroughs was a genius. He was a drug addict. Yeah. If you're a drug addict and you think he's a genius, it's because you're on drugs. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. That's 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 that. And again, what's funny, kids? If you're listening, it's going. God, Doctor West's an asshole. He's arrogant. Whatever. Go watch interviews with John Carpenter. Two apples from the same tree. <laughs> I'm just telling you how I feel. Just being honest with you. Just trying to educate you. Just trying to give you some 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 freedom to go into the world and say, hey. If you like a certain weird movie, like it, love it, run with it, you know. And surprisingly, in my closing, sorry for the rant, on Wes Craven, I have found the Scream movies since his death to be more intriguing with the legacy that he left with them, as opposed to some of the stuff that he gets more credit for that to me was just kind of like, eh. So, amazingly, the rant was not about Scream. I just wanted to let everybody know out there that that's not what I'm picking on. But outside of that, the only two other movies I think that I love by uh, Wes Craven, and the ones that still don't label them to me as a master of horror, but they're his best movies in my opinion. And I'm not talking about Nightmare on Elm Street either, obviously. That's my favorite, favorite Serpent and the Rainbow. Period. That's what I was going to say. Serpent and the Rainbow and The Shocker. Those are my favorites. I, think I mean, those that's are, my favorite. But see, here's the funny thing with Shocker. I think those are... Don S. Cunningham did one of my favorite fucking movies. The Horror Show. Yeah, yeah. So it's basically the same thing. It makes you wonder which is which. Which was first? Which was which was which? All right. Which they worked on uh, last house and left together and whatever. So they have a history there. So I don't know if that was a thing. It's interesting. Yeah, like it's I said, but I, it's funny. Nobody ever mentions Sean S. Cunningham when they say Master of Horror. And I just want to say, if you ever hear this, sir, boom, throw the midget Sean out the fucking window. If you ever hear this ever? Oh damn, he got spiked. That's insane. We. 
here at Phantasm, we love you. We love Sean S. Cunningham. We love Friday the 13th. Absolutely. Favorite favorite slasher, period. And horror icon, Jason Voorhees, Pamela, each one, whichever one. They're both great. Those are the slashers I put on as like a feel-good slasher. The skull thought looks like something from a cover of a Vader album or a Sodom album. Sick. I wonder if that's the actual, that is, that's the actual catacombs and prime. Maybe that is from that Sodom record. Might be, yeah. That's definitely the catacombs, or it's supposed to be. Maybe it's just a set, but that's real shit over there. It's pretty cool. But do you know what? Do you know what I mean? Though, like, I don't ever hear anyone say anything about Sean Escobar. <clears throat> Nothing. Well, it's because people are born and raised to think that you know Wes Craven this and Wes Craven that. It's just like a popular opinion thing that people roll with, and they don't actually. Well, but it's also ignorance, though, because they think that he did all the the Nightmare on Elm Street movies. He did. He directed the first one. And the and the new nightmare. That's it. And that's it. Yeah. And and, and he, I think he did the last one actually too. He did Freddy's Dead. Freddy's Dead. Yeah. But you know and that's, and that's like fine, the, the second one, which is an '85 movie that I did leave she, out. That's not directed by him. I forget who directed it. That's my it. favorite one. That's my favorite one too. The best one. He didn't direct. Why is it one. Bob Russler? Robert Russler. That's right. It's great. Love movie. you. Love you. You're amazing. You're amazing in everything you're in. But yeah, like I said, I I just want to make this episode. I love Sean S. Cunningham. We're, talking, we're watching a fucking werewolf movie. I'm sorry, Sean S. Cunningham, you're great. I love you. Yeah, he's you, awesome. you literally crafted my childhood. You had me buying Fangoria Magazine like a motherfucker at 7-Eleven when I was in fucking second grade. And I had kids going, why are you reading that? Why aren't you reading your textbook? I'm like, because I want to read about Friday the 13th Part 2. Some gore effects, and I want to read about Friday Thirteenth Part Three. I, I, you know, I, they don't even do horror stuff like that. I'm into like that anymore. There's nothing on this planet that I'm into like the stuff I was into when I was a kid. Sure, you know, and maybe I've gotten too old, or maybe I've just got too set in my ways. But you know what? I'm very happy with that. And by the way, I like I said, I'm just going to say it again. I love Sean S. Cunningham. I love it. I mean, well, people can uh, knock you for what you already like that you still do but the reality is is that times and and things change but the things you already love don't i mean you, you have them you know you can always well, go back and watch them and appreciate them because it you, you already i'll did. tell you what it's for low budget stuff and i realize there's probably a lot of people maybe that listen and go well you love john carver so much you, you like friday the 13th i love it and not only do i love it i love it more than i do Halloween. Not the oh, original yeah. film, but just the, the 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 as a franchise. Give me sure. Friday Thirteenth a little more. Sure. Do I love the first Halloween and the third? Yes. The other movies, eh? Yeah, eh. But one and three of Halloween, yeah, I love them. Tom Atkins rules. Thank you, Corey. Hell yeah! There's some more. Uh, Carpenter scenes. Uh, love it, you know. But I'm. But for me, this kind of feels like Conan the Barbarian. These orgy things. One hour, um, seven minutes, and like eleven seconds. You start the, uh, the bell again too. Some um, but like I said, I don't think. I don't know, man. It's funny. Like when I try to watch stuff, uh, you know, I read these reviews about these things that people like. Like I've got an ad right now. I'm actually not synced up. So no, yeah, I am. It's an ad now. So what I was going <laughs> to tell you? I've been pretty good about that. 
This is very important that, that, that people hear this. Very, very important stuff. I was talking to someone recently um, about Silent Night, Deadly Night. Those movies just get worse. Oh, yeah. The first one is the best. It's the best one. And minus Halloween 3, that's a fact with Halloween. The first one is fantastic, and they just get worse. Yep. Halloween 3 is completely excluded from this. I don't even consider it part of that franchise. I'm back on it. It was named that. I'm not. Okay. It's paused. On like a 30-minute ad. (laughs) Um, We'll have to resync up. but, But like I said, you know, Halloween 3 got a bad rap for years, you know, and, I, and I'm glad that it's received kind of a status now where people dig it. I'm glad people enjoy it. It's a great movie. You just have to remember it's just a film. It's not It's not supposed to be, you know, Michael running around whacking people, but it's like, it's not what it is. Yeah. You know. But, and I don't want anybody fucking with that. If somebody ever tried to remake that movie, I would throw up. Yeah. Unless it was me. If I, if I remade it, then that's totally okay. <laughs> but I never would because I love that movie and I don't want it touched. Right. Um, it's time anyway. But still, ads. I've got like a hundred ads. Damn. They're just they're hitting me with the ad fucking wheel. Right that sucks because we're we're synced up on the ads and then it fucks one of us because one of us gets more ads than the other. But we are synced up to where they start, but then it fucks up. We have to resync it. That's, that's almost but, like. But, it, but you know what I mean, that. like. Yeah, you know. I mean, look, to me, pound for pound, I would rather watch the first eight Friday the 13th movies minus part six. And, of course, this is an opinion thing, but if you line up. And the Halloween stuff. I just don't want to watch them. Well, I'll line up all of them. I'm back, but let's try to get this synced up. One hour, seven minutes, 40 seconds. That's where I'm at. Hit play now. Okay, good. Uh, We'll line up. Texas Chainsaw Massacre franchise. You line up the Halloween franchise. So, so, so here's the thing with that. Let, let me do Texas real quick. The yeah. first movie is my favorite horror movie that's ever been made. It's one of the best ever made. I mm-hmm. love Part Two because of Dennis Hopper. It's yeah. fucking hilarious, and I love the cook in Part Two. He's fucking amazing. Yeah, Part Two's awesome. Okay, and then that's about it. Part Three. I will defend to the day I die. It's got Ken Frey in it. I love old Ken. I love him. It's fucking, that movie's fun. Leatherface has the speaking spell. I would love to meet Leatherface. I know you have. I would be very jealous. I would love to meet him. Is it Marlinoff or Marlinoff? Whatever. I love Uh, it. R.A. Marlinoff, yeah. Love it. Fun guy. The director is really good. Love to meet him. Love it. I met the director. Very nice. Would love to meet him, too. It was was a lot of fun. I'm going to throw everybody through a loop here. I love the next generation. I'll defend it till the day I die. Have I ever badmouthed that movie on this podcast? Nope. I think it's a misunderstood movie, a lot like Halloween 3. Do I think it's uh, anything like it? I love it. But it's a movie I think people remember being <laughs> shitty, but if you went back and watched it, you'd probably appreciate it. Well, the director's cut that Scream put out in that double double feature Blu-ray is the tits. Yeah, speaking of tits, or Sybil Dannings. Because you know what it's called? Return of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yeah, and that's pretty cool. Which is a way better title than Texas Chainsaw Massacre, The Next Generation. Hey, I love the Star Trek spoof there, kids, because I'm a Trekkie, but I don't want to pay for money for this Sony, you know? Right. And I was working at a theater. I showed it as a projectionist. I still have a one-sheet for that movie. Nice. 
And I'll tell you something really sad. If I'm not mistaken, he was the first Leatherface to die. Yeah, I think so. Which actually, that, that's one of my favorite Leatherfaces. Like the costume is not, I love it. Oh, it's bitching. Yeah, it's really cool. That so one you of, like it. I never knew you liked it till just now. I do, yeah. I've yeah, never had a problem with that movie. And I know it's bad. I like I, it. I'm always like, now I Now listen, it. but here's the thing. After everything we just talked about, that's the end of it. Yeah. Nothing else. But the only everything thing with those can't is, deal with it. I, I like those movies. But the, 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 the Chainsaw 3D thing was the last thing they did that I could stomach. Yeah. I tried watching the thing on Netflix. I'm sorry, kids. Horrible. I couldn't get into it. Horrible. I couldn't get into it. The leather face looks fucking stupid. He looks like they're trying to make him like he's some kind of fucking snuff killer or something. Yeah. Leatherface isn't supposed to be a snuff killer. He's supposed to just be Leatherface. Right. But, you know, with those films, that being said, without the, you know, after the first two, I can do without three and four. I do like them, but if they don't, if you take them out of an equation, I'm not going to be too upset about it. And with then, the Texas? Yes. See, I can't, I can't, I can't take that journey with you. But I'm just saying, this is all just in comparison to Friday's consistency. So, and the same thing with uh, Nightmare on Elm Street. You give me the first three, and that's it. All the rest of them, not not a fan. See, see, I think that's in, that's where you and I differ. See, for me, Texas, it's the first four, and I'm done. And I can do that too. But and I'm, saying... I'm going to blow everybody's mind. It's for me. It's one, four, three, two. Yeah. And, you know, like I said, Friday I love those 13th, movies. Friday the 13th. There's a lot of, I can do, I'm just saying if I, if it came down I'm gonna to something. I'm going to blow your mind right now. I can. Friday the 13th, if I'm being honest right now, it's one, two, three, four, five, eight, seven, six. There you go. One's my favorite. Yeah. I, I, I just, I don't know what it is. I'm just like. Turning into a child oh, again. I love it. Gung-ho on it. Uh, but, but it's whatever works for you. But I'm, I like Texas Chainsaw. I just want people at home to know this. I like Texas Chainsaw Massacre the way Corey likes Ghostbusters. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think that's a fair statement, isn't it it? Is. considering like 22 yes. their face shirts from Bright Rats. Absolutely. I'm a huge fan. But it's all, just something I've always liked. And I know a lot of people are thinking, oh, that's that's body whore. No, it's not. They're fucking cannibals. Yeah. They're cannibals. There's no fucking body whore. It's just, I mean, it's not even really it's slasher a lot of the time. It's just, anyway. it's, it's just fun. But all, all I was saying, you, you compare them all to the franchise. You got Halloween, you got Texas Chainsaw Massacre, you got Nightmare on Elm Street, and you got Friday the 13th. With all the other ones... You know, like I said, I love one, two, three, and four of the Texas movies. I really do. But if you put a gun to my head, I can just take the first two and I'll be okay. I'm not going to cry about it. See, that's interesting to me. It's interesting. But I do love the other two. But if I ultimately had to choose and be left with just. Okay, answer this. My go to. Put those in order then, since you. Or actually, put one through four in order. Of Texas? Yes. I'll just do them. Well, no, I would go one, two, four, three. What I would Interesting. Do. I Interesting. like four a lot better than I do the third film. Interesting. But I do love the third film too. But the fourth one I watched a lot more when I was younger than the third one. The third one I watched a little bit later on. See, I've got the fun memory of skipping school and going and watching it. Oh, yeah, it's dope. And then. But I saw all four of them in the theater. And Halloween, you know, I do like the, the second one, but I would still go just one, three, two, 
and five. And that's all I need out of, out of that whole franchise. You mean six. Well, and six, too. Yes, I always forget about six. Six is good, too. I like it. It's like 90s. It's weird. Six Paul Rudd. I love Paul Rudd. I love the, the, the Tommy Doyle character that he plays. But here's here's my thing with Halloween. I mean, if if I'm being completely honest, but it's the same with me. I can just do one and three. The and I'm sequels, done. the sequels, and I'm talking two. I'm talking the Michael stuff. So right. two, four, five, six, et cetera, Right. Sure. After honestly, after the, all those just kind of run together in my head. I'm just kind of. Eh. That's what I'm saying. And so if I had to ultimately choose with those. And, and, I, just I, I would just do one and three, or if I'm doing the Michael stuff specifically. Remember, we've taken three out of you. Don't even have we, you and right. I love three. And that's sure. not even part of this equation. But if it's just the Michael stuff, you put a gun to my head. I guess I would do like maybe one and five, or one and two. I don't know. I, I honestly don't. I would rather do one and five. I think five's a lot of fun as a slasher movie. So I do one and five to take away from there. And I already did the Freddy stuff. So when you go to the Friday Thirteenth, I need all of them, baby. I love them all. I'm not counting Jason X or Jason Goes to Hell or whatever, but I would even choose Jason Goes to Hell over some of those other sequel movies. Not not the ones I mentioned I would keep, but if you put it in the sequel realm of like Halloween or Nightmare on Elm Street and some of those sequels and stuff, give me give me Jason Goes to Hell all day. So here's a true story. I saw one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. And Jason goes to hell all in the theater. It's awesome. Jason X, I was working at a theater, so I technically saw it probably a million times, but never sitting downstairs. I was up in the projectionist booth. That was the first one I got to watch in theaters. And then Freddy versus Jason, true story for y'all kids. Never saw it till years after it was out. I and then in 2009, that was the, the remake. remake it's great. Saw it at the theater multiple fucking times. I did too. And that's another thing too. If you go with you run them through with the remake stuff, like that movie's great compared to those other ones. You know the the Nightmare on Elm Street one's terrible. The Halloween ones are okay. The second one's pretty pretty good as far as just Michael Myers killing people. But it's not you know. And the Texas ones are are just we're not even talking about that. I I like the the first Texas remake. I think it's fine. It's it's fun. I got good actors and, in look, it. Here's, here's the fun thing with Freddy. I can do Freddy real quick for everybody. Two is my favorite. One is my second favorite. Then three, four, five, six, seven, et cetera, blah, blah. Yeah, I'm on like, the same list. Right but there. I'm not like... I, mean, I don't know. There's, I like those movies. Like I enjoy them, but I have to be in a mood to watch them, except two. I could watch two every day. Um, I don't know why. Oh, it's a goddamn cherry bomb. Yeah, you got Clue Gallagher in it. I like Mark Patton. I like the Freddy, and it's the best version of Freddy in the entire franchise. He's just and amazing. I'm going to say this since we're just talking about you know film franchises. We've watched a lot of Poltergeist stuff recently. It's great. Nothing touches the first one though. Like so I watched the first one recently in 4K, just I'll not bet, on here. It looks fucking bitching. Dude, it's just, it's just, it's really good. It's very effective. That movie's, it's, it's fucking awesome. Yeah. Um, but you know, when you go into a lot of remake from a few years back now, I actually thought was okay. See, I haven't watched that one yet. I think it's okay. But (laughs) I talked about it. It's one of those things where it's just like I think as I've gotten older, I just I've really 
I'm very nostalgic for the first Poltergeist movie. I think it's the shield. That's great. Toby Hooper, you can't beat it. You know, it's good stuff. Um, it's, it's, a, it's a really good film, and I enjoy it, and it's just, it's fun. But, but I would say those in order, like one, two, three, and then the remake, number four, and that's it. You know, I like them in that order. Yeah. And I don't usually dig the remake stuff, but I thought the movie was fun. It's, it, for what it is, it's it's actually not bad. You know, um, everyone likes people for different, everyone likes movies for well, different reasons. Well, you would, you would like the lead in it. I forget who it is in that movie. I mean, I love him in fucking everything. I love him in Galaxy Quest. And I also love him as Hammer from Iron Man 2. Oh, okay. Um, I never remember his fucking name. Yeah, he's the, he's, I can't either. He's the lead. Guy Pierce? No. That's not Guy no. Pierce. It's Guy Pierce is not in Iron Man 2. Um, I never remember. Here's his name. Hammer, the yeah, the, yeah. the arms yeah. dealer guy. Yeah, the one that's going to be in Armor Wars. Um, oh, this is disgusting. Yes, it is. Some bat fucking ripping his intestines out of his mouth. What the fuck? God damn. That's raunchy. It's some like Italian it is. shit. Very nice. But like, I, but like I said, I I think. You know, it's it's all what what works for you. You know, it's same, same as The Exorcist. The Exorcist is funny to me because it's one in three, and that's it. Uh, Sam Rockwell. I love Sam Rockwell. He's great. That's Hammer. That's who we were thinking of. Yeah. But so he's in the Poltergeist remake. He's the lead in it. He's the dad. Yeah, it's good stuff. I'm telling you, the movie's pretty good. I actually, and I'm and I'm hard on horror movies, kids. If you didn't know that, but like I said, I thought I thought it was a lot of fun. I, I really liked it myself. That's gross. Yeah, that was nice though. Um, Captain America killing some werewolves. Um, but I think you know, uh, there's a lot of you know, franchises that people, you know, a lot of people liked these new Halloween movies. I didn't think they were okay. I mean, it's not, I don't own any of them. I'm not going to run out and buy them either because I just didn't really like them. See, to those to me just make the old, like the sequels look better, if anything. Like, I can I can appreciate the, the you know, four and five and six more by watching My the favorite modern horror film, and it's, it's, hell, it's three years old now, is Freaky. It's great. If you guys haven't seen it, watch it. It's on it's on something right now. I think it's on Freebie, which is another free streaming app. It's on their uncut with commercials. If you like Vince Vaughn, I think the movie resurrected his career. Yeah, I do too. And I think that movie did really well on like home video and streaming because of COVID. I think because a lot of people were going to. Th- I actually saw it in the theater, but um, I I love it. I think it's great. It is. It's a lot of fun. It's a horror comedy. It's great for it. It's got a lot of gore. It's a lot of fun. Vince well, it's, hilarious. It's fucking awesome. The concept is a it's funny one. It's what works for you. Corey really liked the, the latest Terrifier for it. You know, I haven't watched it, but it's if it works for you, it doesn't matter what it is. Go with it. You know, run with it. I'm, I'm not here to, you know, if there's somebody listening to this like, oh, fuck Dr. West because he didn't like Wes Craven. I didn't say that. I just said I don't think he's a master of horror. Right. Very talented guy, and I'm, I rest in peace. I'm sorry that he passed away, but I just not a huge fan of most of his stuff. I don't own a lot of his stuff. You know, I like some of his stuff a lot, and some of it I, I just don't. You know, I'm a big Hills Have Eyes fan. 
But yeah, that movie's kind of a, you know, it's kind of a knock if you want off Texas, the first Texas. It feels like the shaky camera and the porno vibe and the snuff film way shot it, you know. Right. But I still dig it. I think it's awesome. At the mountain, the, excuse me, the desert cannibals. It's fucking cool. You know, I'm into it. Yeah. I like the second one. He did the second one. A lot of people don't like that movie. I think that movie's fucking fun as shit. Yeah. And it's the first thing. Uh, even though he's unaccredited, you can look this up if you don't believe me, because it was in our interview from a few years ago. It's the first thing Kane Hodder ever did. Yeah. He'll have us too. And I'm going to say something else that may shock, I may kill Corey with this statement. Those Hills Have I remake things are fucking pretty damn effective for what they are. I like them. I like both of them. Dude, they're gross. Yeah. <laughs> those movies are fucking gross. Those, I were, was like, those were good remakes. They were pretty solid. They are fucking... Well, they're not... I would, they're like reimagining. Yeah, they're reboots. It's when they started doing reboots of... And, but, it's, but I would really... I, I think it would be less offensive to people like me that grew up with the OG stuff that Craven did. If you just said reimagine, because it's what it is, and you know, it's more of like the nuclear plant and the fuck. It's gross. Yeah, it's it's very nasty. effective though. A lot of really good, and and it keeps like, oh god, that fucking. There's the back coming out of his like, mouth. That's pretty gross, dude. The effects in this are very good. They're they're cheesy, but they're they're also gross at the same time. Like it's obviously doesn't look very real, but it it still looks nasty. So that's that's pretty solid. Whatever that alligator bat thing is. Dude, these fucking, the, the stunts in this, the fire stunts are pretty damn incredible, these stuntmen that are doing this. Oh, yeah. I don't think people realize how fucking dangerous that is. Can I ask Kane Hodder about that? Speaking of. Very dangerous. I love Kane Hodder. But, but what I was going to say, you know, if it works for you and you get something from it, you don't have to listen to me. You don't have to listen to Corey. Just dig it and run with it. There's tons of stuff that Corey likes that I don't like. There's tons of stuff that I'm into that Corey probably thinks is okay, but he's not into it like I am. Right. And everyone you has know. their connection as to film and stuff well, they like. But. And, and, and there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of stuff that's gotten popular uh, as I've gotten older that I'm surprised by that still has a really big following. Um, not because I'm not saying I still don't love it. It's just I've, I've been very surprised, and I'm not going to go into a thing about it, but there's been a lot of, of fucking movies that, that still have a lot of staying power that I'm like, I'll talk to people that are like, oh, I love that. I'm like, really? That's cool. I didn't think you would like that. Right. I'm always shocked at where someone can watch something that I guess at this point is really old that I just grew up with that just feels still feels new to me. Uh you know, where people are like, oh, I love that. Like The Exorcist, I love that the first Exorcist has such a good loyal following. Yeah, me too. Um, and the third one, you know, um, which I pre-ordered in 4K a few weeks ago. <laughs> I love that. Um, this kid's showing up as a werewolf for Halloween. It's kind of funny. Three is fucking, is terrifying. It's a good movie, you know, but I, and it was really morbid when we did the episode. I don't know if Corey remembers this or not, but we did the episode. Uh, for Exorcist Three, this is how long ago we did this. Yeah, we and Peter Blatty had had died like within the week that we did that episode. Yeah, it's true. It was really weird. Yeah, either that or he died like the week after we did. There was some weird connection to that episode. When we did. This. Yeah, I remember. And I remember just thinking, God, that's really bizarre. You know? Yeah. Like, who would have thought that would have timed out that way? 
Yeah, it was um, a little, a little uh, creepy, morbid. But, you know, like the Child's Play movies, Corey and I love the second one. It's great. That's another franchise, too. I love the first three and then the rest. You know, I kind of like I like Bride of Chucky, but the ones after that I've just never really paid much attention to. I've watched them. And yeah. It's kind of like, eh. You know, just eh. You know that TV show that's on? It's on season two. It's actually, it's okay. Yeah. And the, the reboot or remake or whatever you want to call it of that, I liked it a lot, actually. It was good. They they took care of it. It was fun. I liked that Mark Hamill oh, did the voice. Mark Hamill. Yeah, it was cool. I liked it. It was fun. That movie is super gory. Is. My, my problem with that movie is I didn't like the look I'm of Chuck. I'm on an ad. Yeah, the yeah the he didn't he I didn't like the CGI shit. And that that's that's always going to kill remakes or reboots for me if they go that route. I'm on an ad now. Okay. Um, I mean, this movie's almost over anyway, but um, it that ruins it for sure. But you you know kind of expect it from Hollywood now to just CGI it, and not practical effect. But a lot of movies now are going back to practical more practical effects because it makes more money. You know, um, it's just. I don't know. That'll kill it. It didn't kill the whole movie for me. It was just kind of annoying where I was like, why is he CGI'd in this whole thing? You know, this movie would be really good if he wasn't. But other than that, it's a it's a good movie. I, I enjoyed it. It's very entertaining. The gore scenes are fun. I like I think Mark Hamill did a great job voicing Chucky. Yes, he did. Uh, I just don't like the way Chucky looks. Yeah, it's just that they, they remodeled what he looks like for a more modern version of Chucky and it's all CGI. It just looks dumb. But yeah, but, I don't watch it. But outside of the the cosmetics of it or whatever, it, it's it's pretty good movie. It's fun. I'll give it that. But yeah, it it does get a pretty big check mark on it for uh, having the the CGI reimagined uh, Chucky. Okay, I'm back on it. Pause. I'm still on ads. You know, the, and you should have Desmond Ritter, the quarterback for the Falcons, and he's a DoorDash guy. <laughs> fitting that's where he'll end up after his wonderful nfl career i think he's already there yeah probably so i'm at 126.07 i have a pause okay i'm at 126.09 so go ahead and unpause it done okay we should be good now i think that's basically well, the movie's the end. Over. yeah it's basically it anyway um like they got the cramps written behind them right there gbh yeah gbh See a bunch of stuff. Alien sex fiend. Alien sex fiend. But this Babel song is pretty awesome. Yeah. I always liked it. There's more tits. Tits. Oh, they are doing it. They're going to do it 17 times where they show the tits scene. That's fucked up, man. <laughs> it's like, don't show my tits in here with this one scene. They're like, okay. And then we're just going to show it in the credits 17 times where you blow your tits out. This movie's just really weird. Yeah. We got two so far. There's three, four, <laughs> five, <laughs> six. Wow. I mean, they just gave her a big fuck you. That's kind of shitty. <laughs> Straight up. He was like, oh, you don't want to show your tits more than once? That's okay. We're going to we're just gonna keep showing the same scene over and over in the credits. It's really bizarre. There's a lot of Leonard's right there. So if you guys look in the crowd at the punk kids, that's what I look like in the 80s. (laughs) I did. The wristbands and the... I mean, I was just a huge... I had the ripped denim jacket. I had the whole thing. And and 
I think it made sense to me because yeah. I always thought Thrash was really watered down when Death Metal came out that mm. I just latched onto it never stopped. Nine. Because to me, Death Metal was the punk equivalent of what Thrash was trying to do. We're at 10, titty shots, 11. We're at 11. There's supposed to be 17 of them. Let's see. This is just funny. But it's also kind of sad. It's kind of sad. Never counted it before. Like I said, they said there was uh, 17, so we're at 12, I believe. So, unless I fuck something up. We're going to count down the tits here. Counting down the tits. Sybil Danning's tits. I love this song. It's great. I actually want to play some of it. But... There's 13 tits. 14. We're at 14, 15, eye sprayer. I love seeing that again. The old love the eyeball violence. It's good shit. We need two more. We need two more uh, tit blasts here from from Sybil Danning. Two more tit blasts. Blast, blast, blast. Play some of this music here. It's probably going to be loud as fuck. Song's over. Yeah, sure is. I only got 15. I must have miscounted. I got 15 tit shots. I didn't get 17. Oh, well. You can watch Howling Part 20 next. It's... Yep, this one's Howling 5. The Rebirth is next. So that's one thing about Tubi I also don't like. You pretty much have to pause the movie and back out because otherwise it'll automatically start whatever they feel like starting next, which is, for this, is... All the I think they just assume most people are blacked out. Yeah, they're like, you can just like run through all the Peacock app, My Peacock app will literally be like, are you still there? Yeah. And so I'm like, we got you the damn show? Howling 3, Howling 4, the original Nightmare. Howling, I guess this is Howling 5, is the Howling New Moon Rising. And then Howling 6, I don't even know what that says, but Howling 6. No Howling 6, Crucifix. Uh, the Freaks is what it's called. Or the Cruciclip. No, it's called Cruciclip. That's the new working title. Cruciclip. <laughs> but yeah, uh, final thoughts on The Howling 2. I've loved it since I was a kid. If you guys are into something that's campy with some cool gore, low-budget effects, fun feel, great music, Bad acting, except for Chris Lee, Sybil Danning's tits. Enjoy. <laughs> I love it. But I'm not trying to defend it or say it's a work of art. I'm just, I think it's great myself. But Very fun film. I, I, I asshole like parking his fucking car, shining in my fucking... Oh, wonderful. Doing the pew. Um Yeah, I really like the, the movie. It's fun. It's a fun, like, hour. It's only an hour and a half, folks. It's a fun hour and a half watch. It, it it's really quick. Uh, it's not very it's not very boring. There's a lot of consistent werewolf death and gore, and tits and orgies and Christopher Lee, Sir Christopher Lee. I mean, what more could you want out of a film? It, it's got everything you need for an hour and a half watch. Uh, the violence is very quick. It happens within like the first three minutes of the movie. There's already like a lot of gore and stabbing and werewolf eating and tits. I mean, it's just it's it's fun. It's a good it's a good watch. 
So yeah, it's I re- good. It's good. So I recommend it, especially if you all have Tubi. Tubi is free, so you can always have Tubi if you have a PC or uh, a smartphone or whatever. I think it's on PlayStation and Xbox potential. Uh, maybe I don't know. So if it's on there, download it. It's free. You don't even have to put an email address. You can just start watching stuff. So I would recommend it if you're cool with ads, whatever. <coughs> Pop in the Howling too. It's a lot of fun. Uh, it's a good movie. Pop it out like uh, Sybil Denning's tits. I counted fifteen times, but I guess it might be seventeen. Uh, I missed. I missed so, two tits. I pops. didn't actually see the film till '86. Is that what we figured out? Yes, it came out in the United States in '86, but it, it was released in '85. It was released in like the summer of '85 overseas, okay. or at least in France, is what it said. In '86, it came out. Uh, it looked like December of '86, or I don't know. There's a lot of inconsistencies with the actual time because Wikipedia says one thing, and then IMDb says another. So I'm not really sure which one's which. But we went with uh, the '85. Or the 86. Yeah, that's when it was in Europe. That's where a lot of our listeners are. Thank you so much. Yeah, we thank you. We thank you for your movies, too, and all the other shit you do. We appreciate that. Um, yeah, I like the movie. I'd recommend it. It's fun for an hour and a half. It is. It's fun. Fun, fun hour and it a half run through. Uh, but, yeah, we thank you all for listening, supporting us. Make sure you uh, follow us on all our socials, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Throw the likes up there. Uh, especially YouTube, give us a like, subscribe on there. We appreciate it. Turn comments off. We don't apologize for that, but you can still like and subscribe to it. To hear these episodes, if that's your medium for listening to podcasts, we're fucking on it. So go check it out. And, uh, Lots of uh, stuff over on the Godless Heathens thing. Go check that out. Yep, that is also on Facebook. Uh, sometimes if you're in the interviews, there's just some stuff that we can't put yeah, we could. We just don't put. It's it doesn't our, fit. It's our sister podcast where you have other guests Something that aren't that really related to. Fun. Not really related to death metal and horror stuff. So we put it on there, and it's just other stuff. It's the doctor's uh, curative uh, love over there. So check it out. Facebook. It's also on uh, Spotify, YouTube. Be sure to check it out on there. The yeah. Godless Heathens. Something different. For more and more content, we're just going to... Someone's listening to it. Some yeah. of that shit's a lot of stuff. I don't know who's listening. You like hair metal, you like punk, you like uh, power metal, all kinds of other random shit. You'll like it. It's fun. It's good stuff. Good interviews, good bands. And uh, we thank you for supporting us on everything we do, all our pod- all our podcasts and all our uh, streaming uh, outlets. And our good friends at uh, Liberty Mutual and Tubi and Car Shield and everything else. So we thank you very from, uh, very much for watching. Be on the lookout for uh, some more video stuff. I'm going to start doing stupid shit on YouTube here soon. And be on the lookout on our YouTube page specifically for that and for interviews from Dr. Vincent West. And uh, stay yeah, fun. Lots of stuff. Lots of stuff in the bag for that. A lot of stuff. We do. We're, we're conjuring up a bunch of shit for this year, and it's going to be a lot of fun. So be on the lookout. And most importantly, folks, stay fucking gory. <laughs> You know something? I sort of enjoyed it. Phantasm.